Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Very well, thanks. It's been a while since I've been on. I think for three prime ministers and 14 chancellors in that time. <laughs> so, uh, a lot's mm. happened, so uh, glad to be back to talk about football again. Less said about that, the better, I think. Um, Jim Orr, how you doing, Jim? Uh, good, Laura, thank you. Good, good. And I believe, we've been on a few shows together, Natasha, but I believe this might be the first Friday Bulletin together, so how you doing? I know, it's exciting, isn't it? No, I'm very happy to be here. Delighted to join this stellar Friday lineup for a little guest appearance. Um, like Brian, I've missed a couple of my usual Tuesday slots, so I thought I'd get myself on a Friday to join you wonderful people and talk about Celtic. She's joined the youth team for the Friday. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> is the saxon bingo again you're doing the saxon bingo thing just trying to complete my card jim but you're already on it right. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plenty to discuss plenty to discuss uh, we obviously had the champions league uh game during the week um we've got the weekend to look ahead to and we will do all of that today jim i'll start with you um oh. Shakhtar Donetsk on tuesday obviously a 1-1 draw plenty said about it already but what was your thoughts on the game uh, how long have we got? <laughs> four on today, haven't we? Uh, We've got fifty nine minutes left. So. <laughs> right, I think if I think if the manager, I think if you win a game of football, the manager's picked the right team. You can't criticise that because that's the objective of the game. If you don't win a game, then you start to maybe question things. And team selection is one of those things you would start question. No, Callum McGregor and no Yota. Champions League game, no passengers. You, you can't afford to have passengers in this kind of game. You need 
eight out of ten performances for everyone. I'd always play the best team. I'd always play the players in their best positions. And then when I saw the team, I thought, mm, don't know about this team. Kyogo, I'd love to see Kyogo and Yakimakis playing together in a 4-4-2. But when you saw the team, you think, well, he's going to move Kyogo about. He's not going to move Yakimakis about. So where's he going to move him? Outside left, in the 10. And I just thought, any time Kyogo's been moved, he's been really ineffective. And uh, Tuesday night was no exception. Uh, I didn't watch the game back, didn't see the highlights, but from where I was sitting, I, I, I thought, I'm not sure where he's meant to be playing. He was kind of floating about. He was he was low in confidence before the game. He was picking things up here and everywhere. He was a passenger, I felt. Mm. Uh, I'm a huge fan of James Forrest, and I was astonished he wasn't playing uh, four goals in two games, European experience. <clears throat> Goes for Abada, and inside the box, Abada's brilliant, fantastic, and, and we'd never won the league last year if it wasn't for a badder's contribution but he's been one of the poorest performers in Europe uh, I don't think he's got it at that kind of level so we play a badder he does nothing that's passenger number two Juranovic another poor performer in Europe uh, a lot of the goals have come down his side you know, I thought he'd, having saw the goal again I thought he could have done better with the goal uh, so I thought with three passengers if you get three passengers in a Champions League game I think you're going to struggle and even having said that, well, the better team by Miles and should have won the game. So, disappointing. Uh, I think before the draw, was, but I think when we heard the draw, we thought, we've got a chance against Shakhtar, a chance against RB Leipzig. And they, over the two games against Shakhtar, we're the better team by Miles. Um, just couldn't put the ball in the net. But we'll, we'll learn from that. I mean, I think it's been, from a football point of view, it's been an enjoyable campaign. I've enjoyed watching us playing football. Uh, yeah. Disappointing in terms of what's happened, not scoring goals. Uh, yeah, we'll kind of learn from that. But I'm not a big fan of all this 60 minute talk. You know, we can compete for 60 minutes. The game lasts 90 minutes. You know, it's a couple of seasons ago, I think, in the papers about a team where if every game lasted 80 minutes, they'd be top of the league. And we kind of mocked that at the time, thought, don't be so daft. And we're saying the same thing. You mm. know, we're good after 60 minutes. And I think because of the levels that we're at, I think because obviously. And just raised the expectations to really, really high level. And we're not at that level yet. And the big man knows we're not at that level yet. We don't have the players to be at that kind of level. Because, again, the function of every manager is to replace every single player with somebody who's better than them. We can't do it because of the financial constraints. We can't do that. So we depend on youth development and, and scouting and, and, and coaching and, and sports science and all that kind of stuff to, to try and get us better. And that's what Andy's trying to do. And it will take a bit of time. I think the big chap will get there eventually. Uh, yeah, disappointing, but I thought we played a lot of good football. Uh, I thought when we did lose goals in games, our heads kind of went down a wee bit and we kind of struggled. Uh, so that's something to, to kind of look at. But overall, disappointing campaign results-wise, encouraging campaign football-wise. Uh, but we need to play with our best team. We need to play the guys in the best positions and we need to take our chances. So I don't think that's uh, anything anyone else hasn't said. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point, Natasha. I'll, I'll come to, to you on it. As Jim says, the, we need to play the best players in the best positions. One criticism you might have of Ange is that he sticks to his system no matter who the personnel, and although he does try and fit the best players into that system, there are occasions like Tuesday night where he was kind of trying to, I feel, <coughs> fit square pegs and round holes. Is that a, an unfair criticism, or do you think do you think there's merit in that? I think there is merit in it because I think the players that we're talking to who perhaps moved out of their more natural position, if we want to call it that, 
can also play in the positions that he was trying to get them to play. And like we saw on Tuesday, I don't think it was, you know, a sort of square peg round hole situation, maybe a little slightly more oval, because it almost worked. You know, it wasn't that much of a disparity in terms of where they usually play. And I quite liked it, to be honest. Um, we know he's a fan of a player that can play across a number of positions. I think Hugo is a prime example of that. Um and he does have experience playing, you know, maybe in that number 10 role, playing just off Giacomacchus, playing up front on his own, going out a bit wider. So I think he's a good player to have in your squad and the fact that he can sort of utilise all these different positions. But for me, the way that Jim summed up the game on, on Tuesday kind of summarised the whole campaign for me. Um, it was encouraging, yeah, but it was also frustrating. It was encouraging in the sense I absolutely do see what Ange is trying to do here we're going out and we're imposing our football like you say he's sticking to his principles we're imposing our football on some top top teams as well you know like Jim mentions we are putting in good performances and how I judge you know a good performance I suppose I'm judging that by the fact that I like the football we're playing you know we're watching these games and I am actually enjoying the football we're playing I think a lot of what we're doing is very good they're entertaining games so you know it's encouraging in that sense but as Jim touched on, there is also just this frustration because there's this lingering feeling that I think we could have done a bit better. There were mm. passengers in too many games. Um, and for me, the stat which kind of summarised it is the fact that across the games we've played so far, we've had 68 shots on goal. Um, yeah. And we only scored three times. You know, we just weren't clinical enough. We didn't take some very, very good chances and some of our key attacking players that Jim's already mentioned just did not shine on the big stage like we wanted them to. Um, you know, so every game we're coming away and we're saying we can take encouragement, we can take heart, we can take confidence, but ultimately we didn't take enough points. And, you know, that's what frustrates me about it. But I don't want to be too negative because going back to the encouragement part, we know what we're, we know what we're trying to do. And I do believe what Andrew's saying is correct in that, you can't just come and compete at this level once every five years and expect to make an impact. You need to be there regularly challenging at that level to progress. So players that Jim mentioned, like Abada, you know, next time this comes round, will that be his time to shine? Will he be more used to playing at that level of opposition? But if Andrew's talking like that and saying, yeah, we need the group to be competing regularly in Europe, we really, really need to work on the retention because... You know, you're talking about these players being ready to go for the next campaign or having more experience to take to the next Champions League campaign. We need to make sure they're here first. So I mm. think um, retention and keeping the group together is important for me on the back of this. Yeah, um, just based on that conversation we're having about tactics and things, Ryan Kelly comes in and says maybe a more attacking four four two formation would help whenever we get the chance to pair Kyogo and Jamakis, as we've been talking about. The difference being the centre mids would be more of a holding role with the wide men more attacking. That might fit our personnel quite well. Um, it would depend depend on who exactly we're putting in those midfield positions. But Brian, um, we've gone through some of the the aspects of the game on Tuesday that were frustrating. Um, for me personally, it was the the way both teams kind of seemed to continually want to give each other the ball. The possession from both teams was was loose at best, but. As both Jim and Natasha have said, there's been encouraging points from the from the campaign as a whole. You don't have to look too far across the city to see uh, a, a team who really can't compete at this level. Um, and I feel like even though we've come up short, we have shown some element of progress given how long it's been since we've been in the Champions League. Have you been encouraged by what you've seen over the first five matches 
leaving aside obviously the fact we've got to go to the Bernabeu. Aye, aye, just an easy, just an easy job in Madrid. Uh, the miracle in Madrid. No, <laughs> um, I think that it's kind of been summed up. But what you're looking at is, or the way I've tried to look at it, because I'm a nightmare after the game. Because I, I'm, I'm like, we should win that. They're all rubbish for about thirty seconds. Then I start to reflect on it, and then I'm like, actually, do you know what? If I'm looking at it objectively, I think we're probably where we're at, right? But I think if you look at it, if you look at Angie's first say six games at Celtic. You could, it was almost the same story, right? You could see what we're trying to do, but we're not quite there. And it feels like this is his Champions League campaign. We can see what he's trying to do, but we're not quite there. Um, mm. And I think that's a, a, a sort of a healthy way of looking at it. Um, there is also contextual things we need to remember as well. Like we did lose Jota, Callum McGregor, and Kyogo had a, a slumping form at absolutely the worst time. So anything's going to struggle with that, your star striker, your captain, and your, probably your best player on the there or aren't on form, you're going to struggle anyway. And despite that, we still... I think the reason there is disappointment is because of how well we played, how well we performed. Yeah. You know, if, if the Real Madrid game, for example, I've never been more encouraged after a loss, ever. I thought we were, we were really, really good. Um, the two Leipzig games, if you were a neutral, they're incredible games to watch. Mm. And, I, and I'll always take losing that way. What I, I hate is if you're sitting with 10 men behind the ball hoping you don't get picked off and then get picked off anyway or maybe maybe have one header get in and then sit back this game try to hold on to it I don't like that for the club so I do like the sort of the sort of swashbuckling style um, but with that is the results thing and again it's, it's already saying kind of what ifs you know if we, we win in Shakhtar or we convert better chances it's a different story but I think disappointing in terms of the actual results, but really positive in terms of progress and performance, I think. Um, it's interesting. We've touched on sort of passengers. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say some of the players were passengers, but I think that there's a dynamic issue in the team at times. So when you play Abada and Mieda, I, I don't think it ever really works mm. because they're not really wingers and they're not really strikers. They work if they've got a Jota, and then they can mm-hmm. come out the, the, the back post as a second striker. That works really well. Or Haksabanovic. Or as somebody in the, the group called him, Action Manovic. <laughs> pretty good, pal. Um, <laughs> or even, as Jim says, like a, a James Forrest, that works better, the dynamics better. And I think you can apply that logic to midfield as well because although Riley played really well in the deeper role, there was no one to fill his role forward. I, I, I didn't understand why maybe McCarthy couldn't have come in hmm. and just played the spoiler and let... Because I think what you're losing in terms of his sort of passage of play, you're gaining in O'Reilly being further forward and covering for some of Hitati's errors. Because as good as Hitati is, he does he does excellent stuff in a game and really bad stuff all in one game. It's But he's so good when he's good. You can't not have him, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like Samaras. Like when Samaras was on form, he was absolutely unplayable. But then sometimes he could just be ridiculous. And you never quite knew what you were getting. Hatati's a bit like that, so he needs someone like an O'Reilly next to him and a bit of security behind him. And I think when that dynamic shifts as well. Um, and just finally, the only thing I would say is, um, in terms of the formation thing, I don't think that's really an issue. And the reason I don't is because... If you pause 
the screen at any point. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. During that game, every couple of minutes, there's no formation there. There's a rough defenders at the back, midfielders in the middle, strikers up front. That's pretty much it. I don't mm. think it hugely affects his system, his tactics, how they line up, because they, they shift and drop and change anyway. Like a lot, I mean, Greg Taylor was in the right wing at points. Do you know what I mean? So it changes so often. I don't think it's a huge issue. If I'm honest, I don't think like a change of shape will particularly affect anything because you still get one of the strikers dropping anyway. And it works out kind of the same. So I, I think it's just getting the, the, we've got a key dependency issue is how you describe it from a very reliant on a certain group of players. That, that sounds like work pattern, Brian, a key dependency issue. <laughs> it might be a bit of work. Sorry about that. Mate. I've been working that much. I said I've on the show. It's it's in my brain. So sorry about that. I think just what? to clarify, using the word passenger, there's a known contributor. Mm. They didn't contribute anything. So there's no contribute for me as a passenger. The other thing mm. is we, we didn't get much luck. You know, Natasha rhymed off that start there, 60 odd shots ago. You had a wee bit of luck in these games. The Callum McGregor shot against Real Madrid, a couple inches to the side, that's a goal. You know, the Hibs game the other week scored six goals. Two of them have been pretty lucky goals. And the Forest goal, Marshall spills, the Yakimakis goal hits the defender, hits the post and goes in. We never get that kind of luck in Europe. And it doesn't bounce around the same way, does it? The ball just doesn't bounce around no, the no. it does for us, it does in the league. No, and, and I think that if we'd have went in front of any of those games, then it would have been different. You know, if we'd been one up against Real Madrid with half an hour to go, or one up against Leipzig with half an hour to go, it's a completely different dynamic. But hey ho, it's over, and uh, we move on. I don't know if that's how the song goes, Jim. I think it's Don't Dream It's Over, but we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Crowded house, thank you. <laughs> uh, and don't anybody let you... Uh, tell you that pop-tastic, yeah, good pop-tastic yeah. exactly. Don't anybody tell you that Axom don't deliver deep conversations on a Friday, Brian Degnan tactics don't exist. Wow, <laughs> love it. That is a hot take. That's the guy that said we beat Liverpool. Is that the same guy? <laughs> just to clarify, just to did I say it? for a while? I'm just trying to understand. Hold on a sec. When did I say tactics don't exist? <laughs> what I said was, I think I'm there's you- a difference between tactics and systems. Cheer the new Friday game. Put words in Brian's mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think and it's called hype. Is it this? Is it? Is it being a comment section but live where they're just being a little misinterpreting what I'm saying? Don't just hang off the comment section. Everybody will leave. Jeez. Speaking of which, Brian said that the earth was flat. Remember he said that. Remember he said that. I was, <laughs> never remember that. Kaiser says down. afternoon legends and Peter oh, McGee likes uh, action. Manovich, brilliant, loves it. So um, I don't know who that was, by the way. 
I'm playing it as my own until I find out and then I'll, I'll announce them. I can't remember who said it. Listen, the rules are the rules. If you get it onto the show first, it's yours. That's right, that's how it goes. Um, but Champions League aside, uh, we'll move on from that because unfortunately it doesn't look like we're going to um, going to get much further. Well, we're not going to get much further. Um, and while a game at the Bernabeu is never a dead rubber, uh, it's uh, about as close to as it's going to get. But we'll enjoy it nonetheless. Um, moving on, uh, if you look at the strap lines, they're Celtic touted for the European Super League. Um, Brian, I'll come back to you on this one first because we were having a bit of a discussion before uh, the show. It's an interesting one. So basically for anybody who doesn't know, there is there are suggestions in today's papers and in yesterday's papers that potentially Celtic Rangers would be part of uh, a newly proposed European Super League um, should the Premier League clubs not be involved as they were in the previous one. Um what are your thoughts on it, Brian? Would you like to see a European Super League? Would you like Celtic to be involved in one? No, really. No, if I'm honest. I think, um, you know, even if you got the, the money from it, the first couple of years, like, you'd be the whipping boys. You'd be accused of being kind of soulless. And there's always this, uh, say, I'm, I'm one of the, the Celtic romantics, where I, sort of, I love the club and what it means and, and why it exists. And I think joining the Super League maybe flies in the face of that a wee bit. The money would be great, but I'm not sure. I also don't think it's a, I think it's a sort of non-start. There's a story, if I'm being honest, I think somebody's get excited and put it out there and, and hope people react to it. So I don't see it happening anyway. I didn't like it when it was announced um, for the Premier League teams and for the, 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 the Spanish clubs and whatever. So I kind of then decide, oh, it's great because it's Celtic because I, I don't think that's right. I don't think it's the way it should be. The money would be great, um, but... No, it's no no for me. I don't think it will happen, and I wouldn't really like it to happen. If I'm honest. Mm. Uh, Natasha, it's not it's not been so long since the the football world was outraged morally at the the idea of the Celtic uh, the Celtic Super League, the European Super League. Uh, ironically enough, twelve uh, five of the twelve teams who were in that original proposal will be playing Europa League football uh, at best after Christmas. Um, What's your thoughts on something like this? There's obvious advantages to it for a club of Celtic size, but it does leave a bit of a bad taste in the mouth, doesn't it? Yeah, my thoughts on the Super League were what they were when it was originally announced, and they haven't changed since. It was never about having the best teams competing and getting everyone to watch the best football. It was simply about the richest clubs in the world getting richer at the detriment of all others. Um, And regardless of the fans, that's what it was about. Um, And Celtic being involved in that isn't really something that I'd like to see going forward. I mean, of course, there's ways that we can develop the club. There's maybe ways we can bring in more revenue and there's things that we could look at in that regard. But we need to do so in a way that we don't lose the foundation and the identity of the club, the purpose for which it was set up, the you know the background of the fans. We can develop the club and we can advance it. We can grow it. We can increase revenue, all of these things, without losing what the club is and I think the whole premise of a Super League I think everything involved in it just goes so against all those things that I just mentioned I don't see it being a good fit but again like Brian says I can't see it happening I think this is very much just paper talk um, clickbait as we, as we come to call it they put up a story like that plucking out a couple of clubs from thin air to 
propose the idea that we might be involved only to gather more clicks on their own pages and to have the fans arguing amongst themselves in the comment section, which increases their own revenue. So I mean, for me, that's that's all that article is. I think it's a bit of a non a non starter, and I can't see it being particularly welcomed. Yeah, um, Jim. And certainly for as long as I can remember, these conversations come up every few years, whether it's Celtic Rangers joining the Premier League, whether it's some sort of breakaway league for the lower um, tiered European leagues like the Scottish League, the Dutch League, the Portuguese League, stuff like that. Do you see anything like this ever happening in the future and actually coming into fruition? Or is it, as Brian and Sasha say, just kind of paper talk that just sells a few papers every now and again? I'll go against those two youngins there because I'm older and I've seen all this stuff happening before. This will happen. It's a much matter of timing as to when it will happen. Uh, back in the 80s, people said TV will just ruin football and it has. Money will ruin football and it has. That's what happens, basically. And this will just be the next stage of that. Look at the Champions League. I hate the Champions League. I hate everything the Champions League stands for. The Europa League, the Conference League. It's all, it's all nonsense. You know, if you're going to have a... A European league, have a proper European league with teams going up and down. You know, so you have a don't know an eight team league, eight team top division, second division, third division, blah blah blah. All the big guys are on the top. You start off because it's based on coefficient. Teams go up the leagues, teams go down the leagues. That's how you do that. Champions League where teams are in it who are not the champions. Don't be daft. Champions League where if you're third, you go down to a different competition. Absurd. Europa League if you're third, you go to a different. Absolutely absurd all driven by money. The Super League will happen, whether it's called the Super League or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. And it's an interesting conversation with Celtic fans because I get where Brian's coming from. I get where Natasha's coming from, the, the soul of the club, the spirit of the club. You know, if we've got a chance of going to this big league with the big boys, we'll take it in a heartbeat. Absolutely take it in a heartbeat. Whether you like it or not, don't know. Because yeah. I, as a Celtic fan, I mean, I, I, and I've said this in the podcast a number of times, uh, would you be comfortable in the current climate of a Celtic player being paid £100,000 a week. No, you wouldn't. So so what's your number <laughs> that you're happy with? Right? And if you only pay them that, you're not going to get the best players then. And if you look at the best players, you're going to have Champions League campaigns like this. So money will always win. It will always win. It's a matter of timing. And back in the 80s, you never saw football on TV. And we've got the World Cup coming up next month. And I can't be bothered with it, to be, to be perfectly honest. But when I was younger... Young air, not young, young air. <laughs> 70s and the 80s. You know, we'd never seen Perley play. We'd never seen Johan Cruyff play. We'd never seen Maradona play. But the World Cup was coming up and we were excited. I've seen Messi play. I've seen Ronaldo. I can watch them every single week of the year. So the World Cup, mm. am I that bothered? No, really. Because the Champions League has came along <clears> with all its money and the Super League will be next. It's a matter of timing. And when something like that does come along, you've got a decision to make, Celtic. Do you want to be part of that and have some success or do you want to be an also-ran? And I think it's a dead interesting debate as to what's going to happen next because I think I certainly agree with Brian and Natasha. The Celtic history says that we should be doing X, Y and Z but when push comes to shove, we want to be right, we, we want to be right, right up the middle of that. We want to be part of that. We're asked to that. We're in in a heartbeat. And then you've got the dilemma of we're going to start paying players £100,000 a week and how does that sit with you? Are you still going to go to the games? Of course, you're still going to go to the games. Home and away, like Natasha, absolutely. <laughs> you won't like it because I don't like the Champions League, but I'll go to the games. I hope we do well, but I just don't like that format at all. And I'd rather have, as I said, a European league where you get a chance of going up the leagues, 
and get down the leads because that's like another further meritocracy. I mean, the fact that Spurs are in the Champions League and, and, and Arsenal are in the Champions League and stuff like that, it's a nonsense. But that's money driving it. And whether you want to, whether you want to call it the Super League or not, that's next. That'll be next. Mm. Rant over, sorry, team. Rant over. That's it. That was a brilliant. That was excellent. Yeah, yeah I feel That's like there needs to be a round of applause for that one or something. I've I'd, I'd enjoyed that one. Um, but like you say, the the concerns will be less about the hundred thousand pound a week Celtic player and more about what rooftop bar Natasha's sending us a picture of her cocktail from. Yes. Uh, but it could. Yeah, I mean, if the if the European Super League has any, you know, redeeming factor, it is the the possibility of even more holidays than like, currently going <laughs> according to this group. So, um, it's just all you, 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 Just have you all over the place. Just give you a mic react to someone and send you all over. Send you oh. to me, I'll pitch that to Paul John. Well, uh, the, what, a, what a gig that would be, by the way. Um, but uh, anyway, we will move on. The next and topic... Also, also and... what they'll then do is then extend it to South America. you get got mm-hmm. Boca Juniors coming in and whatever, you, you know, because that's, that's where the money's going. Right, well, sorry, your, is over, right, well, your air miles get you to Buenos Aires, Natasha, do you think? They might do. In a heartbeat. They might do. In a heartbeat. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Ryanair fly that far, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next uh, item on the agenda, is Jens looking like a permanent signing? Now, there's been a lot of discussion around this. Um, uh, Natasha, I'll come to you first on this one. Uh, Carol Starfield's obviously been... Um, blighted by injury this season there are his supporters there are his detractors I think um, nobody questions Cameron Carter-Vickers place in the team it's hard to establish exactly what kind of an impact Jens has had and whether his impact during the loan spell has been one that you would say definitely merits his taking up that option to buy him um, is he somebody you'd like to see us bring in permanently either in January or at the end of the year yeah, absolutely. Um, I I've been happy with most of what I've seen from him so far. I think he I think he's been a great addition. I think he's good on the ball. I think he's pretty good for the system that Ange likes to play. Um, you know, so for all those perspectives, it's you know it's a bit of a no brainer. You know, it's not particularly easy to find a good centre half within our price range, and it's not you know particularly easy to know if they're going to come in and get on well with the squad and fit in and you know play the system and work well with the team around them. You know, Jens has already done that, you know, so, you know, we've got him in the door. He's playing well with um, Carter Vickers. He's playing well with the team. He looks to be, you know, relatively comfortable in our system. So, you know, from that perspective, it's a no-brainer to sign him if the money's right, of course. Is he perfect? No. You know, he's not. He's, there are things that let him down from times. You know, we have seen him, you know, make the odd mistake. We've seen him being in a position. We've seen him being beaten in the air. So, no, you know, he's not the perfect signing. He's not the perfect centre half, sorry, but he's pretty good, you know. I think I think he's pretty good. You're not going to get the perfect centre half for the for the money we're able to afford. We're not in the European Super League yet. We've not got a hundred million to spend on a replacement. So for the, for the money that I believe's been discussed for him, then yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty much a no brainer. I think the player seems pretty happy here. I think that you know his intention would be to stay. So I think for me, I would definitely be surprised if he didn't. Um, and, you know, we need them in terms of numbers as well. You know, we've got Carter Vickers, obviously. We've got Starfelt coming back. You know, and then apart from that, it's it's Stephen Welsh, who, you know, I think, again, hasn't done anything particularly wrong. Um, mm. is, you know, looks good when he comes in domestically. I think he's fine. 
but that you know that can't be the only three. So if we were to let Jens go, we'd then be looking to bring someone else in. So it's a no-brainer to keep Jens. I think that'll happen. I don't know if we'll see it in January or at the end of the season, but I think um, I'm pretty confident that that he'll be kept. Yeah, I I would go along with that. I think um, Jim, there's a lot of discussion around you know trying to improve improve the quality of player that we've got, trying to make sure that the step down from first choice to squad player isn't too great. Um, does Jens fit the bill for you as far as that's concerned, or are you are you looking for for something of a higher quality than what he's shown so far? No, I'd agree with everything Natasha just said there. I think he's been tested in Europe and he's been, and he's been absolutely fine. Um, I like I like. Carl Starfield, but people say there's always a, a mistake in the big chat. But Yens hasn't made many mistakes. You know, I'm so excited when you were just chatting them, Natasha. I'm trying to think when has Yens made a big mistake? I can't think of any. So, and he's and he's also played well in Europe, uh, notwithstanding this Wednesday night. But uh, we'll maybe see if he gets on then. But he's, he's not looked at a place in Europe, and that, that's a bit of a test because one thing. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Looking good against St. Johnson at Celtic Park, but you know to go over to Leipzig and uh, I thought he did okay that night, and I think he's been fine in Europe and he looks okay. And as Natasha said, for the amount of money that we're going to pay, whatever that's going to be, it won't be excessive. I would imagine he looks a reasonable buy. So yeah, if we can get him, off we go. Yeah, Brian, it's a it's an interesting one. One conversation point that I saw um, regarding the defenders that we've got, obviously. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers appears a bit of an all-round player and I think the conflict people are having between whether they prefer him partnered with Jens or with Starfield is the the different sort of abilities that they have. I think most people would agree that uh, Jens is slightly better with the ball at his feet where, while Starfield, when he gets his positioning right, is probably better in the air than Jens. Um, which is your preferred out of those two, assuming Cameron <coughs> Carter-Vickers takes the other spot? So Jens is, is, I think, the preferred partner just because he's more comfortable playing in the left side. Mm. I think Starfield, actually, we've not seen him really play on the right side. Mm. He, he always looks a, a wee bit ungainly with the ball at his feet, but he is, mm. a lot of time he's on his other side. So that could be a factor as well. So it's maybe worth thinking about if he's you know, cover for Starfield and we need another partner for him or Welsh. So I think even if we keep Jens, we still need another sort of well-balanced, probably left-footed centre-back. Um, especially if you look at how much we play for the back and how reliant on that is to, to get these key passes and receive them. Because sometimes when you receive them on the other foot, it gets awkward for turning and it can lead to mistakes. Mm. So I think whether it's you know Jens staying or not, I think even if he stays, we still need another 
centre-back for balance. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves us with a five, which is probably covers well for injuries and the dynamics a bit, a bit better, a bit more balanced. But yeah, I, I agree with the Jim and Natasha have said he's looked really good, strong, plays well with ball his feet. Looks like he handles pressure quite well. He's quite composed for, for quite a young guy. And as long as the money's no ridiculous, I mean, I don't know what the figure's been quoted. There's, if it's like three million, then you go, well, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. If it's six million, you think you bought it somebody better. So it just depends on the figures. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's a, a fairly reasonable um, transfer fee. So I keep on, but we definitely need more backup still, I believe. Yeah. Uh, this also, Laura, it's worth pointing out the fact that we haven't had many goals from either Carter Vickers or Jens. I mean, Jens got yeah. off the flyer start couple of goals in the first couple of games. We need more goals from those positions. You know, again in Europe, we may, maybe have to look look towards them to maybe contribute a goal or two. Didn't happen. So uh, if you score more goals, uh, also I was just just thinking when, when the guys were talking that the Ange wants a certain type of player. I'm, 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 I'm good though Carter Vickers is. I'm not sure he's an Ange type player in terms of bringing the ball forward and putting the ball at his feet. I think Jens is a bit better in terms of being an Ange style player. So it's whether Ange is aware of maybe two or three more Angie-type players mm. bringing them. And that's the thing I said earlier, that you're always looking to replace every single player with somebody better because that'll make your team better. So it could be that, I mean, I'm pretty sure Angie will be scouring the market. If he sees maybe two or three players that he thinks, I could bring these guys in and get rid of Jens and Carter Vickers, although that sounds bizarre that, you know, I wouldn't put it past him to do something like that. Yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see. And um, and listen, I, I this is where I couldn't be a journalist or anything like it because I lose all objectivity. I just like Jens because I had the privilege of, of speaking to him at the the press conference when he signed and he's got a very winning smile and he shook my hand at the end, so I can't complain. Um, as so it's all down to winning smiles then, Laura? Absolutely. It's all down to winning smiles, right? Just so we know, Brian. Listen. Natasha, big one, smile from the water. If there's one <laughs> word to describe me, Jim, it's shallow. I will shallow. take it. Um, <laughs> William Beatty says, Virgil wasn't the greatest when he joined as Jens in the same mode. I'll tell you something, if Jens turns out half the player that Virgil van Dijk did, then I think both he and us will be happy. And Uncle Nobby's Steamboat, interesting name, says, Axom Airlines is a possible idea. Listen, Never really anything out in the business world when it comes to Paul John Dykes. He's got his finger in many pies, and it wouldn't surprise me if Airlines was next on the list. Uh, Over to Natasha with that one, yeah. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We will look ahead for the last portion of the show to next, uh, or this weekend's game, I should say. We've got Livingston away from home uh, uh, on Sunday. Um, Jim, I'll come to you first. We've had a bit of a mixed bag of results recently. Obviously, struggled to some extent to overcome Hearts with a 4-3 victory. Um, We had the loss to St Mirren not too long ago, but sprinkled in with that, there's the 4-0 win against Motherwell in the Scottish League Cup, and there's the the 6-1 drubbing of Hibs um, in in the Premiership as well. Um, Livingston are a bit of a banana skin for us, Jim. Do you see them posing as a problem given that we have been a little bit all over the place in terms of form recently? I think the team's got the mojo back. I mean, the Hearts game, two penalty kicks, so, you know, you take them away. It's not as if we uh, scored four goals, scored four goals at Motherwell, um, six against Hibs. So I think, I think we're back. Uh, Livingston, yeah, they've been a bogey team in the past, but I think now we've got a definitive style of playing football. I think nobody's a bogey team anymore. Uh, I think they've consistently punched above their weight. Just looked at the table there, they're sixth at the moment, they're sitting above hearts. Uh, 
We've got quite a small team. I'd imagine set pieces is the kind of main forty, uh, throwing balls into the box. Maybe for that reason, maybe something like Abelgard might maybe come in for a game. Maybe Tony Rolson comes in for a game. Uh, I think we'll win okay. I think because of this, how we play, I think in the past we went to Livingston and we've been a bit disjointed and maybe not sure what we're doing. But we know exactly what we're doing. And we'll create loads of chances and we'll have at least 20 shots at goal. And I think we'll take a few of those chances and I think we'll do okay uh, on Sunday. Is it Sunday? Yeah. Uh, and as long as he plays wingers, James Forrest must come back uh, and I play Hacks of Banifich on the left and the big Yakimakis up front. And if you, I always think if you're playing a target man, you play two genuine wingers because they'll keep the defenders occupied. They'll have to be mm. doubled up on. I mean, if you get guys like Hatati and O'Reilly, if you give them lots of space, then they'll, they'll, they'll then punish it. I think when we don't play wingers, it makes it easy for teams like Livingston to defend. So we need to play wingers, we need to get to the byline, we need to have cutbacks, we need to do all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure. And John knows all that stuff better than me. So I, I think, again, we play the right team, we play people in the right positions, then I don't have any issues with uh, Sunday. But remember, you did get a good result last week, mm-hmm. which obviously has helped us. Because I think last time I was on, I was saying that it'd be really good to get into that kind of like World Cup break with a kind of four-point cushion and Livingston helped that to happen last week. So, yeah, they're having a good season. Uh, they always do well. They always punch above their weight. But the players we've got and the squad that we've got, I mean, if we don't take three points on Sunday, no excuses. Yeah, um, Brian, I think what, what Jim says there about having a more defined uh, way of playing and, and a, a strong squad from that point of view means that um, our history with Livingston of it being a potential banana skin for us at every turn um, is is maybe a thing of the past. Are you confident that we can go go through to Livingston and get something from the game quite comfortably? Yeah, well, comfortably maybe not as much. I think again, like Jim said, depends who starts. Obviously, I have any interesting tactics, so it doesn't really matter to me who plays where. But I think uh, <laughs> I think I think he's right about the. Um, the, the, the wingers in, in Yakimakis because it's it's interesting with Kyogo he probably plays better when Abada's there because he, he moves so much Abada can come in whereas if Yakimakis was pretty much in about the box you want your two wingers so I, I gave him I'd like to see um, Forrest start actually in uh, Haksabanovic Forrest a bit of form um, and I'd like to see um, Abelgard I hope I'm pronouncing that name properly coming in because I think O'Reilly's much better forward, as, as good as he's been. You know, I would never criticise Matt O'Reilly anyway, because he's lovely, but... Um, he, he's, he's a winning smell, apparently. He's still an unsell as well, because, you know, with Champions League disappointment, big match smells, I'm like, ah, oh, all right, carry on. But he's better further forward. And I think if he's maybe tumbling there as well. Um, the only slight concern, and you, you touched on it, Jim, um, in terms of, you know, players for every position... We, and I've mentioned this to Laura before we come on, if you've got to see Abelgard or McCarthy, um, O'Reilly and Turnbull, or Moy and Turnbull, that's not the most athletic midfield. You know, mm. they don't cover a lot of ground. Technically very, very good, um, but they don't mm. cover a lot. But I wonder if against a team like Livingston, when you've got so much of the ball anyway, that might not be a factor. So it'd be interesting to see if there is any changes there. Um, and I'd have Ralston back in as well. Um, I'd, don't think he's done anything to deserve getting dropped. I, I think it always gives you plenty. I mean, he likes the physicality of these games as well. He's always good to have something like him in the, the squad. Um, and Taylor's undroppable, isn't he? He's, he's became an absolute 
first name of the team sheet this season. He's been, he's I been am going. a total Greg Taylor convert, I have to say. He's been ah, 100%. I thought he's been yeah. at the start of the season. I remember saying, I, thought, so I think we need an upgrade, but I think he's he's a, a great example. Whether it's because he, he sees um, Bernabeu training and thinks I need to step up or not, but just like you maybe shout out because he's been, he's been excellent. I think he's almost undroppable at this stage. Mm. Uh, for anybody watching, if you get uh, Brian in a secret Santa at work or whatever, um, a new pair of Matt O'Reilly pyjamas to replace his current ones would be a good shout, I would say. Um, why? why is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I just find it a, a little bit of a giggle to imagine Brian cuddling up in bed with his wee Celtic teddy in his Matt O'Reilly pyjamas. <laughs> But it's, but it's the fact you said replacement. I was more interested in that. Because I knew all about the fanaticism. Of That's a different podcast. That's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Natasha... just asking the questions today, Laura. So <laughs> Natasha, have to be asked. <laughs> We're getting to the meat of it all. That's for sure. Oh, that's maybe not right. <laughs> yeah, let's hope no. Let's hope no, Laura. Bye. That's me away. Bye. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Good knowing you. Bye. Bye. Um, Natasha Livingston, obviously, as I've said to, to both Jim and, and Brian, are are you know a kind of uh, potential banana skin, whatever way you want to put it. Some of the suggestions Brian there made there in terms of selection, are you in line with what what he said there? What kind of lineup would you be looking for from the Celtic team for? for yeah, absolutely. I was having to think about it before I came on about what changes I might expect to see in Jim and Brian have pretty much covered them off. Um, the key ones for me would have been bringing Ralston in at, at right back and, and replacing Juranovic. Um, again, just because similar to what the guys have touched on, I think it's a game that he is more suited to. Um, mm-hmm. I think we could do with him for, for this one. Again, having Forrest out wide and Giacomacus up front makes perfect sense to me. Um, so we'd be going along with that as well. Um, it's difficult though. It's very hard to predict with Ange what he does. Sometimes we expect him to make few changes and he'll make six or seven. Sometimes mm-hmm. we expect him to make a lot of changes and he doesn't really make any. And I think the other you know, factor we've got to remember here is that yes, we are playing again next week in Madrid, but that game is effectively a dead rubber. You know, that game, as much as we want to go out there and be competitive, that is no longer an important game in terms of the whole prospect of our season the important game is you know this one against Livingston on the Sunday so that's likely to you know where where we're going to see our strongest team will that see a lot of rotation I'm not sure will the Madrid game see a lot of rotation I think that might be a very different story um but you know Ange doesn't believe in having a a strongest team or a strongest 11 he believes Mm. in having the best team to win any particular game of football and I think the best team to win this particular game on football is like the guys have touched on is you know making the changes like Jack Marcus up front having Forrest and yeah I'd like to see Haxbanovic come in there as well um so you know from that perspective I do expect to see the changes that they've suggested in terms of the game as a whole yeah it's not a great place to go you know simply you know at the base of it the pitch doesn't make it a great place for us to go it doesn't really lend itself to us playing the kind of football that we like to play so that's an obstacle that you have to overcome almost immediately regardless of who's on the pitch you know the pitch itself is the obstacle here Livingston yes have been a bit of a a difficult team for us over the years but I think Ange kind of fixed that jinx last season I say touching wood Mm. um so I, I I don't feel as nervous as I used to feel Going, going to the Tony Macaroni um, 
I do feel a little bit more confident in terms of the fact that Ange does know how to break down teams like this now. He does know how to get the best out of us when we can't play our brand of football as well on a pitch like that. So, yeah, it's always going to be difficult playing off the back of a, of a difficult Champions League game. But the benefit we have this time is there's not another big Champions League game coming up next week. There is a Champions League game coming up next week, but it, do, it isn't of the magnitude that perhaps some of the others have been given the situation that we find ourselves in now. Yeah, it's going to be Laura, an interesting one. Yeah, see if you took one of the lines out of context that Natasha just said there. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as I don't feel as nervous going to the Tony Macaroni anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, context, you think somebody just said that? Do you think what? What are you on about? Listen, I don't I don't feel as nervous going to the Tony Macaroni Stadium as I do eating at Tony Macaroni's. But the less said about that, the better. Just um, some random person in the street said that to you. Think, what, what are you on about? <laughs> If any of the Lego team are watching, we don't mean it, we're only kidding. <laughs> yes, exactly. That is a that is a one-off experience that I'm sure does not apply to the customer base at large. Sorry. Um we've got that covered. Uh listen, uh we'll, we'll, remains to be seen what happens with Livingston, but what's what's one thing for sure is we'll be there watching it with Axom um and we will be doing match coverage as always. Uh if you want to see that, if you want to see lots more content from the channel, um then please make sure you like and subscribe to this video if you haven't done already. We really appreciate it and it really helps us get out to more and more people, um, which is always of course the aim. Um we're we're gonna do a little bit to close the show on the run into the to the World Cup shutdown and how we think that's going to go. But before we do that, Natasha, um, as our resident women's team expert for Celtic, thought it only right to come to you um, for what is a massive clash at the top of the, the Women's Premier League table this weekend. Celtic are obviously playing away at Glasgow City. They are tied at the top of the league on 24 points. Glasgow City, Celtic and Rangers, the top three. Um, a massive game for the team, for, for Fran Alonso and the team going into this weekend. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. We always knew at the start of the season that the challenge was going to be the, the other two of the top three, if you like. We knew that there was a top three being Celtic Rangers and Glasgow City um, and the other teams all respect to them, are a step down from that. And it's played out as exactly as we've expected it so far, that all of the th- top three teams have won all of their games. Um, and, you know, Celtic are yet to even concede a goal in the league so far. So it has gone as we've expected it to go, which makes the games against Glasgow City and Rangers really important because those ones against each other are going to determine where the league was this season. Um so this is the first time that any of the top three have come up against each other. Um, so we're going to be away at Glasgow City and it's going to be a really tough game. You know, it's very easy to say that the girls are going relatively well in the league. They're playing good. They're scoring lots of goals. The goal difference is looking <laughs> very, very healthy. But now it's time to actually be tested um, and the test is going to come from Glasgow City and that's going to give us a really good indication of where the team is at in terms of competing for the league this season. So it's going to be... An important game. It's going to be a really difficult one. Um, it's at Petersill Park um, for anyone who's interested in going along to watch. It's on after the Livingston game, so there's no clash. Um, you can probably, if you'll be in, in Livingston like me, probably be managed to make it in time um, after the game. And, you know, it's great to get along and, and support the girls in this one as well. They did have a pretty <clears throat> disappointing result 
last weekend. Um, we're playing in the cup um, against Spartans. They lost the first goal across the competitions, and ninety seconds minute, having played with ten players for since the since the thirty minute mark, roughly. Um, oh gutter to lose the goal in the 92nd minute and then went to lose the game on penalties and, and exit the cup. It's been a massive disappointment to, to Brandon McGill's. Um, you know, obviously we won that cup last season. There's the pressure of retaining it and to go out at that at that quarterfinal stage was really, really disappointing. So expect to see, you know, a, a bounce back from them this weekend. They'll be looking to put that upset behind them and no better way to do it than go down and, you know, leaving a marker on, on Glasgow City. So, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a good one. We would encourage people to, to get along and watch. And if not, it will be on BBC Alba, I believe. Um, 10 past four kickoff. So, so look out for that one. OK, that was Chris Fraser's question. Is it on Celtic TV? But as Natasha says, it's on um, uh, BBC Alba, which you can watch. Um, for anybody who was wondering what the goal difference is for a team eight games into the season who hasn't conceded as a goal difference of plus 43 which uh, I think is rather impressive that's quite good um, so but I'll definitely be looking out for that result and hoping to see a Celtic victory uh, as as we all will um, and hopefully they can go on and, and win the league from there but certainly they're in a strong position I think them Rangers and Glasgow City are all on 24 points and then fourth place Hearts are on 12 so um, there's, yeah. it's, the, the league's only going one of three ways as you said this season, yeah. let's hope it comes back and It's, to it's come down to the fact that we've only got three full-time professional teams at the moment um, mm. Hibs and Hearts have started to make inroads into that bringing them under the, the umbrella of their, their men's teams and started some of the players, you know, going professional not all of them yet, but we only do have the three teams as, as full-time professional so there is a gap at the moment the gap is, you know, hopefully going to be bridged by teams like Hibs and Hearts starting to invest more in their women's squad but we are still in the infancy of the women's game in Scotland. It's still going through a bit of transition. So these goals differences and these scores are going to happen while you've got one team who are professional and one team who are part-time. Um, not even part-time, you know. So it is going to happen at the moment. But um, yeah, look forward to the, the game on, on Sunday. And the more we get along and support the, the women's team and the women's game, the more it can grow. Absolutely. If you're looking for, for a chance to go and you can't make it to the Livingston game, then maybe take the family to, to the women's game and you'll have uh, have a great day out, hopefully, as well. Um, uh, Brian, I'll come to you first. We're going back to the men's team for the for the next few weeks. We've only got three matches after the Real Madrid game. Uh, we've got Dundee United at home, Motherwell away and Ross County at home before the shutdown for the World Cup. Jim talked earlier about potentially going into that World Cup shutdown with a four-point cushion. Um, obviously, that's what we want out of it. Do you see, given that those matches are quite compact together um, uh, and the run of games that we've had so far, do you see us having any problem going into the, the World Cup break with that four-point cushion or is that what you're expecting from us? It's probably what I expect without being disrespectful to other teams. I think we've, you know, we should have the squad to, to cope. Um, I know obviously we, we lost against St Mirren but I think that was a, a, a sort of key learning thing I think it was the exception rather than the rule you know I think we've been good form otherwise so I do expect that I think it's key really you saw last season when we made a really really big fixture pile up around about December time how well the team responded despite being threadbare so I think there is a, a real good character in the squad that sort of enjoys that challenge and stuff and I think they you know they've got to be hurting about you know, although there's no shame in you know not 
went beating every team in the Champions League. You, you know they'll be, they'll be smart about it, they'll be thinking they could have done better inside, and I think they'll, they'll, they'll show that domestically. Um, they'll still feel the pain of St Mirren, no doubt as well, how that felt. So I think they'll know that, um, although the Rangers might be only having the greatest time just now, they need every point is essential because if you go into that sort of international break, you know, Cal McGregor will obviously going to Scott, well, Scotland will be there anyway, but you know, hopefully, you know, a huge amount of players going to be for international duty so you can get a time in the training ground, get people back full fitness, you'll get everybody prepared at any start. The sort of season part two, four points ahead, and I think we're, you know, we'll play Rangers in the 2nd January. Mm. It's, all, it's all set up for us to, to, to take a good advantage of it, so I hope we do, and I think we will. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one, um, Jim. The the running, I think we've we've coped as well as we can, given that there was that run of I think thirteen games from the start of October to to the World Cup shutdown over that six week period. We've come out of it relatively unscathed, but a couple of um, out of the ordinary results. Do you see us, you know, getting this last stretch through to the World Cup break without any more hiccups? Oh yeah. I mean, I think uh, said at the start of the season, out with the Glasgow derbies, we've not only afford to draw, maybe we lose a couple of games, maybe draw maybe four games, something like that. But those are at certain places. Uh, I don't expect to drop points at home against anyone. I'd be dead surprised if that happened. We went to Motherwell again, haven't beaten them for nothing the other week. So I, I think we'll take care of them okay. I think if, if, we, if we drop points at places like Tynecastle, Easter Road, Petaudry, you think, hey ho, that's, that's fair enough. We're, we're going to drop points somewhere. But I don't think we should be dropping points at home uh, against anyone, to be perfectly honest. And Motherwell, having just beaten them another week, that should be okay. And if you give me that minimum four points gap, that gives a wee bit of a cushion. Going to, I mean, obviously there's, a, there's some more games to be played before we go to Ibrox, but if we get to Ibrox four points ahead, I'd be, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Natasha, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to think about with... with... Brian saying we've got the game against Rangers relatively early after we come back from the from the World Cup shutdown. Um, it remains to be seen exactly how many of our players will be going to the World Cup uh, to represent their countries. But um, a- aside from a few, <laughs> the majority of the squad will be going to Australia for that Sydney Cup fixture uh, or, or Sydney Cup <laughs> tournament, I should say. Um, do you see any difficulty with? You know, such a massive break in the season, keeping up match sharpness, keeping up match fitness, keeping momentum going that hopefully we will carry into that break and making sure that that continues throughout the rest of the season for us. There is always a risk with that. Um, you know, nobody wants the season to, to pause while everything's going well. You know, we want to just keep getting on with it and playing our football and keep the momentum going. But the thing is, is it's going to affect all the teams in the same way. Of course, not everyone's going to have players going to the World Cup where there's going to be discrepancy in how many are going over. But everyone's going to have to stop. You know, competitive football for all the clubs is going to have to stop anyway. The teams are going to be um, facing that problem all in the same way. The, the Australia Cup or the Sydney Cup for us is a, is a good thing in terms of that it keeps the squad together, it keeps them playing football, um, it keeps their training programme all the same. And anyone you know who is away at the World Cup, I'm sure there'll be plans in place for them to, to pick up some individual training programmes depending on when their team exits the World Cup and when they can join up with the squad. So I'm sure all that planning is underway to keep the fitness levels up um, and otherwise... 
there's just nothing we can do about it and all the clubs are going to be facing the same problem. We're all going to come back into that first game after the World Cup, having not played since the last game week before it. Um, and you've got to do what you can in terms of keeping the friendly games competitive, keeping the players match fit um, and hoping that all your players come back from the World Cup uninjured. Um, and it is what it is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see anyway. Like you say, it's it's a kind of anomaly in terms of can't remember the last time if ever um there's been a shutdown like this in the, all the major leagues uh, right in the middle of the season so i'm sure it's going to uh, why is that laura unusual result. why is that why is what why is this happening oh uh, the same reason everything happens as you said earlier jim money thank you thank you <laughs> there we go it's spoiled is- this season already Right. That, that is the be all and end all. And the worst thing about me being shallow, Jim, is I'll be watching every minute of it anyway. <laughs> I'll be watching. Not, not, not only the money aspect, actually, where it's been played as well. Oh. Football sold its soul again, and they'll just continue to keep selling its soul. Right, so I ran over but, again. No, listen, right. I, th- I think it's. But I'm no longer place. afraid going to Tony Macaroni, I'll tell you that. All the money in the world, I'm not afraid. I don't care. <laughs> Listen, I think it's a fair point to make. I don't think anybody sitting here has any justification for some of the things that are going on over in Qatar at the moment, and it's a choice of whether you think that taking in that tournament um, justifies any of that, which obviously it doesn't, but um, I don't know. There's a long way to go before we solve any of those problems, and it's certainly not going to happen on this podcast today. But Um, tune in next week anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha's given up already. I don't know where she's off to. She's, she's booked my flights. She's off. <laughs> for the Super League. I was going to eat I was going to say. Oh, she's fine. <laughs> I was going to say either that or Sunday for Tony Macaroni sacked to feed. <laughs> some, some raging assistant manager's just lost his mind. Just, on a, just another ASOS delivery. If any of my family are listening, it's not for me. <laughs> uh, listen. It's not for us to say, but I'm I just genuinely worried for your safety there. Like you say, I think Tony Macaroni's got some, <laughs> some head honchos on the way over your house right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks very much, everybody, for joining us. If you are going to Australia for the Sydney Cup, if you are going to Qatar for the World Cup, if you're doing one stop, going to the next one, then let us know in the comments. We would love to know about that. Um, Brian, Jim and Natasha, thank you for joining me today and we'll see you all this weekend for the Livingston Watch Along. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. 
people all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.